coming up on the Magnificently Huge podcast. Did somebody cut foot loose? Because it smells like bacon up in here. Kevin Bacon, that is. Footloose, next. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Oh, hey there, listener, and welcome. It's episode 68 of the Magnificently Huge podcast. Thanks for stopping by. This is Chris, and this week we've got a great show for you. This is our final episode in our tribute series to the film themes of Kenny Loggins from the 1980s. Perhaps you've heard of him, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, We've already covered Over the Top. We've done Top Gun and Caddyshack. And, well, we've saved the best for last, I think. Uh, A little movie you may have heard of from 1984, Footloose, starring Kevin Bacon. It launched his career. Uh, How do you not know this movie already? I think they did a remake a few years back, uh, but we're not going to talk about that. Uh, We're sticking solely to the classic, the 1984 opus, where a town... Outlaws fun, people. They outlaw fun. And then the kids, they take fun back in the form of dance. That's the nutshell. Uh, you may have heard the songs. This like spawned like a gajillion top ten hits. Uh, but most importantly, it is Kenny Loggins' only number one theme song. So that's in and of itself worthy of discussion. And that's the discussion that we're going to have. Uh, Of course, there's more to come. Brian and I had never seen Footloose prior to this episode, so here are our thoughts on that. Uh, Eric, unfortunately, has an older sister who tied him down to the couch and made him watch it repeatedly as some form of torture, so Eric also has opinions on this movie. It's good times. It's fun times. It's uh, Footloose. So if you like what you hear and you want to give us your opinion, then send us an email to magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Uh, or you can head over to iTunes, subscribe to the show, give it five stars, give us a good review, share it with your friends and family. Uh, we are also on other podcast formats, Stitcher, SoundCloud, etc. But you know this because you're listening to this right now. And if you want to find out more, you can head over to maghuge.com, which is our website. Uh, the shows are posted there as well as links and other fun and sundry. And then you can also find us on Twitter, at MagHuge. We're on Facebook, Magnificent Huge Podcast, where, again, you can follow along. You can subscribe to our feeds and uh, just send us snarky comments to your heart's content, and uh, we would love that. So, again, uh, Footloose, nothing more to really be said except uh, everybody cut. Everybody cut. Everybody cut. Uh, I can't remember what the lyric was now. Anyway, roll the show, and we'll catch you on the flippy floppy. Thank you. And welcome to the Godless Heathen Hour. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I'm your host, Benji Cthulhu Smythe. Today I'm joined by Zul, the gatekeeper of Gozer, along with best-selling Hi. author and YouTube sensation, Bilzebub Johnson. Thank you. What's, the, what's up? <laughs> what's up? <laughs> Bilzebub Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's that's like is that a is that a relative of Rock the Dwayne Johnson? <laughs> yes, it's his uh, it's his third cousin on his mother's side. Uh, he will be in Jumanji four. 
Rock the Dwayne. <laughs> Rock the Dwayne Johnson. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> so, we're biting the bullet and we're doing Footloose this week, which is why I uh, thought I'd change the title. But before we even get to what we normally, before we even get to, let's discuss the end of the world. Because you were just saying that uh, Austin has a boil your water thing going on. Oh, yeah. We woke up to... There's algae blooms in Florida. There's... uh, uh, Oh, and... uh, There's a yellow... Donald Trump is president. A yellow-haired orange clown is is running the formerly free world. Yeah. Uh, Who's also in in Texas today, uh, as of this recording, stumping for... Uh, yeah, lion, lion Ted Cruz, who now apparently is yeah. beautiful Ted Cruz. Uh, my but- favorite, my favorite thing about all this though is that they passed a massive tax cut for rich people, and now they're saying because we're running an enormous deficit, we're going to have to get rid of entitlements like Social Security, the thing people have been paying their own money into all of their lives. Yeah, it's which like, doesn't contribute to the deficit, even according to Ronald Reagan. Here's a clip, assholes. Social Security, let's lay it to rest once and for all. I told you never would I do such a thing. But I tell you also now, Social Security has nothing to do with the deficit. Social Security is totally funded by the payroll tax levied on employer and employee. If you reduce the outgo of Social Security... That money would not go into the general fund to reduce a deficit. It would go into the Social Security Trust Fund. So Social Security has nothing to do with balancing a budget or erasing or lowering the deficit. Also, everybody predicted they would pull exactly this stunt before they even passed the tax cut. so fucked up. I'm surprised they didn't wait for Democrats to be in control and try to force them to do it first. I'm I'm shocked yeah. they have they've gone this far, but we're just in balls out evil world yeah, at this yeah. point. If if they were saying, you know what, we we can't afford uh, the Affordable You know Care Act because of you know this dopey stuff we've done, that might at least even make sense. But they're saying they're calling an entitlement something people have put their own money into. I yeah. we're Again, just Ronald Reagan. Yeah, I refer you to the clip I just played. just in the end of the world. That's all there is to it. We're running out of potable water, or is it potable? I don't know. You know, uh, I had that same thought today. I couldn't decide what the pronunciation of that was uh, because yeah, I was know, too, I was too it, worried about uh, having actual drinking water. So yeah, is will the drinking water come down the pipe or the pike? Uh, I don't know. Pike. With a K, I think, but I don't really know. Anyway, so why why can't you drink water, Chris? What what happened, uh, Austin? We've had uh, an ungodly amount of rain the last two months, and we've had some nice flooding in the outlying areas. Well, all of that feeds into the main reservoir here in town, and they have a series of dams set up, but they've had to open pretty much uh, the majority of the spillways, and that just sends this everything all further like down. Normal stuff. Uh, but because it's so flooded and full, it's ginning up a lot of silt and debris and detritus and other stuff. And that's backing up the actual filtration, uh, centers that make the water drinkable. Uh. So they can't get rid of all the contaminants and bacteria and whatnot fast enough. So now they're saying, well, everybody well, needs to boil Austin the water. Even weirder. What's that? Hmm. That'll keep Austin even weirder, I, I think. I guess. But I, I couldn't have any coffee this morning, and that's really the, the sad thing. 
It's all, oh boy. It's all about me. And it's two hours later where Chris is, so he's hurting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think when I when yeah. I wake up, it's probably like uh, 4, 4 a.m. where you guys are. So, yeah, I've been up since 4 a.m. your time. And they're setting up bottled water stations, and they are on the other side of town of the, than the polling stations. You watch. Yeah. They're going to try and keep you from voting. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's much more interesting than the gas shortage, quote-unquote, that we had last year with the hurricane where everybody lost their shit. This year, it's more, instead of like Road Warrior, this is like Mad Max Fury Road, uh, where <laughs> the one guy controls all the water. And, yeah. you know. You know, everybody said Quantum of Solace sucked, but at the time I said, no, 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 making the, the big prize for the bad guy water is brilliant. <laughs> it still sucked, yeah. but yeah, I, I loved it. I'm yeah. sorry. I think you need to watch it again. Well, you know, Eric, hearing you praise that movie, yeah. it does give me a Quantum of Solace. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should do the fresh shit before uh, we, we go off the rails any further. Oh, please. Yeah. This shit is fresh. Oh, shit. Who wants to go first? Eric? Okay. I only have the one thing, really. Uh, Last night, I saw Henry Rollins again doing his thing in Portland. Was he macking on chicks in the front row? Was he macking on chicks in the front row? (laughs) No, he was not. Uh, But there was... um, uh, It was a little different this time. It was him showing his photographs. It was like one of those traveling slideshow type shows. And I, it was two and a half hours. That's, that's, that's my complaint. It was two and a half goddamn hours. And I was like, uh, no, no. And I'm already like angry. Oh my at God. Eric's at the point me. where he's not even happy with the Rollins thing. <laughs> yeah. Right? I'm, I'm upset. Nothing, that, nothing will satisfy this man. It's too much I'm Rollins. I'm upset that Rollins has like gotten to the point where I'm like, I don't want to know from you, but, um, yeah, it it was it was disheartening, and uh, like could it, you? It felt like he was doing his audition for the Anthony Bourdain job because oh, it was all the places ouch. around the world, and he's well traveled. Oh my God, he he went to North Korea, he went to Afghanistan, he went to you know all sorts of places. I don't want anything to do with, and you know it was it was it was great, but it it, it was too long, and I was just so disappointed. Could you imagine a black flag so it show? It was like going to a meeting with Henry Rollins <laughs> yeah, really, where he had a PowerPoint. Really? Yes. Yeah. But could you imagine a, a black doofus. a black flag show that was two and a half hours long? I couldn't even. I couldn't even. <laughs> <laughs> that was that. Oh yeah, and and where he has to show you his photography. I'd like to say also real quick, photography is not an art. I've said it for years and years and years. It's not anything a child can do. It's not an art. It's a box with a button, and you press the button, and it makes a picture. <laughs> That's it. Thank you, Eric. You're not an artist. Maybe a journalist. Send not an your artist. hate mail about cinematography <laughs> yeah. to and magnificentlyhuge I'll, at gmail.com. Thank you. And make sure to say in the, the subject line, photography is an art, and I'll explain to you why it's not. <laughs> I would love to, not. to hear that as an, an okay. entire show. Uh, yeah. In all seriousness... If you would like to argue with Eric on the podcast, send us an email yeah. at magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com. We're going to figure out how to make that happen. Yeah. We can just have you yeah. get told how yeah. wrong you are or, by Eric. Or better yet, just you can go to Twitter. That's a good one, too. That's, that's in I, real yeah. time. 
I tell you what, the best five-star review that talks about the show but says, and yet, Eric's an asshole, that one gets on the show. Just <laughs> a, a glowing five-star, but, but also describing, you know, what a dick I am. That okay. would... Okay. There's a show idea. Chris, we could just talk about what a dick Eric is. <laughs> yeah. Don't we usually? Hey. Oh, wait, that's when he's not in the room. <laughs> yeah, that's Never mind. Never I think mind. it usually yeah. goes there. Yeah. Okay, so uh, so we did a mini sode about that one. Anyway, <laughs> so so Rollins, eh, that's a big meh from it Eric. It was, and it, I I was I was upset because like I said, oh oh yeah, that's another thing. Around the hour and a half, two hour mark, he kept like he'd show this picture and he would do his spiel on it, and the spiel he did was such a perfect. This is where I'm going to end my show. Thank you and good night. And then he would show another picture, and I would just be like. Uh, I, I had to leave ultimately. <laughs> Thank you, Portland. You just won't let me leave. You won't let me leave. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually far more interested in the theater, the Aladdin Theater, which uh, was actually built in 1927 as a burlesque house. Uh, and then sometime around the 60s, it became a porn house and it showed uh, Deep Throat for 14 years. These are the things I ended up reading while I was waiting outside for my wife and, to get out. <laughs> and now it's a slideshow presentation of Henry Rollins's travelogue. Yeah. Yeah. Travels with Henry. I don't know. I, I hope he gets the show, you know. Uh, I, well, I, I imagine it would be called something like Rollins Walking Point. You know, that would be a very or, Henry kind or of title. Don't get out of the van. <laughs> I would only Eric got that one. Thank you. Yeah. Good night. Yeah. All right. Okay, that's all I got. Okay. Take it, Brian. You can one up okay. him big time. So, speaking of things that go on for a little too long, <laughs> uh went and saw First Man at the movies this week. That's the um, that's the Gosling one, right? Yes, okay. this is Ryan Gosling as Neil Armstrong, who apparently was single-handedly the guy who got America to the moon, according to this film, in which <laughs> Ryan Gosling is in every single shot, I think. Here's Okay, so one thing we learn about, uh, about the moon landing from, from First Man is here's how you fake the moon landing, which you can totally do these days. Like, those conspiracy theorists <laughs> would have a point today. Okay. The first thing you do, all right, is you get Ryan Gosling's eyes. Okay, this is very important. And then you get a piece of glass and something that reflects on the glass. And you put the glass in front of Ryan Gosling's eyes. Then you get a camera and you put those eyes full screen on a cinemascope aspect ratio. And then you shake the fuck out of that camera for two and a half hours ryan gosling's eyes full screen shaky cam literally about 45 minutes of this movie is that um and it's a two and a half hour long movie wow do they get to the news well it, i would be spoiling it if i told you whether or not the apollo 11 space mission actually makes it to the moon. <laughs> well that's why i'm asking cheese right it was made of cheese it's it cheese made of cheese <laughs> yeah it's cheese grommet i saw that one yeah Oh, no, but seriously, the entire movie is shot handheld. There are maybe a dozen shots that are on a tripod, and it is. Uh, I'm so glad I didn't go see this in IMAX because it would have just irritated the fuck out of me. <laughs> I would have vomited um, from motion sickness. 
Oh yeah, my wife was about to. She was, and it's like really grainy film. They're trying to make it seem as authentic. I mean, yes, they do a good job with the effects, but man, oh man. Okay, other things I learned uh, about the space program: Neil Armstrong is cold and distant, like the moon. And Ryan um, Gosling. Yeah. No. Like seriously, his whole <laughs> character is like, I am not reacting. Like if this Ryan is his Gosling. Oscar play. He's he can't possibly win for this. So basically, it's, it's just terrible. It's drive in space. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's. Uh, um, it's it's ble- also Buzz Aldrin is an it's Blade ass. Runner twenty forty nine. No. In space. No, oh, you no. missed the joke. No, Blade no. Runner nineteen sixty nine. Oh, he that's shows good. so much more emotion in Blade Runner than really? he does in this movie. Ouch! Ouch! Oh man! If there was a way for one note to be less than a note, that's how many notes are in his performance. Right. So, Brian, have, um, have you ever seen the right stuff? A long time ago. Okay, you should watch that again because that is really the only movie about the space program that you should watch. I yeah. agree, because First Man. I mean, eh. I don't. I, I, yet another fucking baby boomer nostalgia movie. I don't care. <laughs> and you've been um, pissing all over the boomers lately. It's great. Fuck the boomers. It's great. I've been pissing all over the boomers <laughs> my whole life. Fuck them. Die. Die already. Die. I wore. I. I. I've lost weight. I can wear shirts from my childhood. I wore my die yuppie scum shirt to the Nine Inch Nails concert a month or so ago. <laughs> You're so punk. The rock. original one from the '80s. Die, you fuckers. Um. Uh. Anyway, first man. Oh, yeah, the other thing is there's dirty, worn-out equipment in uh, the NASA space program in the 60s, because that made sense. Do they use the... the In the brand-new space program that (laughs) had started, they had all the generations-old rocketry equipment. I'm telling you, man, this, like... Stuff that looks worn out and rusted, and it's like that should not be right next to the the, the module that's going to the moon. No, <laughs> was anybody playing Galaga? I don't think so. Uh, no, that's never mind. Did okay, they show? Anyway. Did they show their photography from their travels around the world? Um. Yes, they literally <laughs> orbited the Earth <laughs> oh. and took pictures. So yes. Um. Anyway. Uh, and then, uh, in keeping with our theme for the show tonight, um, there's a movie that has a catchy theme song out right now, and the catchy theme song is performed by none other than Eminem, and his song is Venom, 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 Venom. No. Oh yeah! The oh, into yeah. Venom. <laughs> oh yes. Eminem. Here's a clip. Eminem did the. Th- oh, Here's a clip. And it goes. Yeah. Oh yeah. What a horrible world we live in. It is. We are we are living in the worst timeline. So tell me this. Um, was yeah. Venom really set up like a buddy comedy? As I've been reading. Yes. It is it is the that is the only part of it that's any good is Tom Hardy as Venom and Eddie Brock being both sides of the buddy cop comedy. <laughs> I heard it was like duo. it was like a weird Marvel reinvention of me, myself, and Irene. That was the best description <laughs> I read of it. 
Well, I mean, it's made by the same people who made the amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2. It has, like, the same aesthetic and the same, like, lack of understanding of anything that made the comics good. Mm. And it's a- another movie that's just not stupid enough. Okay? <laughs> like, the Eminem song knows how stupid it is. Like, Tom Hardy knows how stupid it is. But somehow nobody else does. Like... Okay, Michelle Williams is the woman. She, the only couple that has less chemistry than her and Tom Hardy in this movie were the couple in Valerian in the, in the City of a Thousand Planets. Um, they have anti-chemistry. It's, it sucks. Um, there's a... Venom travels between bodies. The, the symbiotes in general travel between bodies in this, in this movie. And there's a point where Venom inhabits a cute little doggy. This movie had the opportunity, nay, teased us with the concept that we might get to see cute little doggy Venom, but no, no, they don't pay that off. They just get him out the dog off camera so, and, and we don't get to see cute little doggy Venom. But don't you think if they had that's done that, enough. that would have been like the mask? That sounds an awful lot like well, the mask. that's in my notes. I said this, would, this could have been a remake of the mask. I wrote that down. <laughs> that's awful. So, so here's here here's how annoying this movie was to me. I lived in the Bay Area for 16 years, and I miss the hell out of the Bay Area. And just about anything that's set in the Bay Area sets me off. And like, I want to go back. I want to get back to the city by the Bay Area. Right. Um, right. This movie is is set <laughs> in San Francisco. <laughs> that's that's a Journey song, asshole. Um. Anyway, this movie is set in San Francisco. They try to shoot San Francisco in artistic and interesting ways, and nothing about it made me miss the Bay. Like, this movie is... They're trying to frame San Francisco in a loving way, and I could not care less. That's just how incompetent this thing is. Also, there's a chase scene that passes the same store with a big sign on it. It says, like, Rialto on it on the corner of a street. Like, six times within a 22nd section of this chase scene. It's it's worse than the, if you go back and watch the old Tim Burton Batman movies, how they keep driving past the Monarch Theater, this this <laughs> is even more obnoxious. And the Monarch yet could have been was, a chain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Monarch anyway, multiplex, yeah. Um, Venom, yeah, you got any questions about Venom? Uh, um, n- only uh, why you would see it, but I, I think okay, we already I know the answer. That, I heard that yeah, critics popcorn. say it's deplorable, uh, but it's made a lot of money, so you think we're going to have to put up with more Venom? Uh, it's made enough money that we probably will. Sony's very committed to this, we're going to make a Spider-Man cinematic universe without Spider-Man in it idea. Um, <laughs> it I could I can imagine that there are 12-year-olds in the world that that are going to be all over this thing but that's kind of how I've always felt about Venom. Mhm. He's always been kind of dumb. Yeah. I uh, I I heard an interesting theory that uh in every movie Tom Hardy is actually a dog. If you watch his movies, he's actually a canine. And so when you said that thing about becoming a dog, I was like, oh, shit, that somebody caught on to it. 
That's hilarious. Uh, if only. That makes if perfect only. sense now. Um. <laughs> that was the idea. It's, it was a great uh, podcast on Cracked this week on uh, headcanon. The kind of things that aren't actually true in the universe of the thing you like, but you made it up, and so you decided it is. Yes. Okay. Oh, I got to say something about Riz Ahmed as the ridiculous villain of of this thing. So he's, I mean, he, I guess he's patterned after um, Elon Musk or something, but he looks like he's about 18 years old. And, like... The, the level of, of rigor in this guy's processes, so they, they've got these symbiotes down from space, and they're figuring out that they they merge with uh, living hosts because they can't like breathe, do. they don't have lungs. And the first animal that it bonds with, it bonds with a bunny rabbit in front of this guy. And within seconds, he's like, okay, we go immediately to human trials. No questions. And it's that kind of script. Um, <laughs> so a, a comic book movie. No, comic books, I think, are far better written than this. This this was, yeah. So, okay. But it has Venom in it. Woo! And it has this hey. motorcycle chase that reminds you of the motorcycle chase from Spawn. It was basically <laughs> oh, Venom. Fuck me. <laughs> You're not selling this one way or another. I'm me. not no. trying to, but but listen to that theme song, baby. Venom, 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 Venom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got that. It might actually be the time in history when we can finally make our movie about the guy to the left. You know, where it's like, if they're making movies about the, the enemies without the heroes in them, you know, it's like, surely we can do a movie about... They keep knocking down my my melon stand every five minutes. Racing car, fuck you, Batman. You, that's my melon stand. Who's gonna buy me more melons? I've got kids. <laughs> my cabbages. My cabbages. Yeah. Uh, what would you call it? Um, curse you, Batman. <laughs> Guy on the left. Guy on the left. Yeah. 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 I don't okay. Know. I don't know nothing. So it it sounds All like right, a thrilling week, Chris. Brian. Uh, Give us some fresh shit. Get us out of this. Uh, I'm going to go with, I've been watching the new season of Doctor Who. That's what I'm going to go oh, with. Oh, yes. Let's go there. With uh, Jodie Whittaker as the new Doctor. Uh, I guess it was his Doctor 13. Lucky 13. It is. Unless you count War Doctor from the special, and then this is number 14. It gets confusing. Do they? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. It gets confusing. But so far, I'm three episodes in, and she's a very solid doctor. Uh, way better than Capaldi, I'm going to venture to say, uh, based on the three episodes that I've seen. And that's not a I dig on commit. I, Capaldi made me tune out, though. Yeah, I, I I liked I liked Capaldi in the role, but I did not like what they did with him in the role, and so yeah, yeah. eventually I kind of tuned out. My problem with with his second season was great. Yeah. I really liked his second season. Well, they gave him interesting stuff ended. to do, uh, and then the last season they finally got rid of Clara. Thank fucking God. Yes, I wanted to claw my eyes out every time she was on because it's just like her purpose was done like two years before. Mm -hmm. And they just dragged it out. Just come on. Yeah. Uh, so they got rid of her, and then and then Bill came along. And I thought, okay, cool. This is a good dynamic, and it was it was kind of fun to watch. And then, spoiler alert: by the end of that one, uh, Bill's dead, and the doctor has to regenerate. I'm like, oh, you fucking suck, 
so bad, Stephen Moffat. I fucking hate you. Uh, so luckily, no, this is... I don't is, mind that they have the balls to kill a, a companion. What I hate is when they do things like what they did with Clara. Spoiler alert. Yeah. They killed her, and then they took it back. Yeah. Fuck you. It was so much better when she was dead, and well, the doctor I mean, failed. Well, I mean, they got to the episode what, with uh, Matt Smith on Trenzalore. And then she jumps into the time stream, and then suddenly, okay, her character makes perfect sense now. And then, what'd they do? They bring her back for two more seasons? Come yeah, on. Forever. I fucking hated that. Are they gonna, did they, or are they going to do the same thing with River's song? That always seemed like a kind of thing where they're like, oh, we got to bring her back. Everybody loves her. But doing uh, so would fuck up the whole thing. Yeah, I think I mean, it would be with, hilarious if they brought her back to play off of Jodie Whittaker, personally. But, yeah. Um, they, well, I, they pretty much wrapped her. No, they wrapped her arc up though with Capaldi on yeah. uh, one of the Christmas specials. They basically got to the point where River no longer remembers the Doctor. Yeah. Um, so you so know that's done. But this new one is uh, is is good. She's got a good take on the character, and uh, it's quirky and fun. And they don't really make a big deal out of oh hey the Doctor's a woman. It just kind of is. Which I think is cool. Yeah. They don't. They don't. Yeah. They address it, but they don't like. Oh, guess what? Doctor's a chick. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, so it's. Yeah. It's kind no, of. They just. She's just written as the doctor. Yeah. That she's just playing the. She's doing. She's very David Tennant-y, the way she's playing him or her, uh, whatever. Playing kind of. I I see a lot of uh, four in her. Uh, sure. Because she's because she's, she's just because she's got she like does these weird asides and she gets kind of just like off on her tangents but she's making her own so it's it's good uh i like the fact that they they've got a new showrunner uh i guess his name is chris chibnall, chibnall who, yeah. who who apparently did torchwood I'm, and so you can you can see a lot of torchwood in this one so it's yeah, it's interesting I, he also did broadchurch yeah. and there's a little bit of the sort of the dour tone from broadchurch making his way in i really like the new companions there's like an old dude yeah. Uh he's awesome. I like him the best of the new companions. Yeah, it's uh, a it's a fun dynamic. The other thing that that'll be interesting, I haven't seen the third episode yet, but um I know that they were very secretive about it and they were saying that they weren't going to do any like two-parters or anything like that that each, it was just going to be kind of standalone episodes this time. Uh they weren't going to serialize it. Okay. And uh, that it would be all new uh, enemies to face in in this series. So far. But what became clear in the first two episodes is that there is an overarching story that's going to get told throughout the season. That uh, that there's an enemy that that shows up in different ways. It's a new one. Yeah. But it also puts the lie to anything they said that we should expect. So for all I know, the Daleks will show up by the end of this thing. Who knows? Maybe they just mean... Maybe they just mean it in a bad wolf kind of way. You know, like there's, go- there's a through line that you have to watch for. I guess. Uh, it's pretty specifically the same alien race has uh, a role to play in the plot of at least the first two episodes. Yeah. Um, it, a different role in each episode, but a role nonetheless. So we'll see. Yeah. But, uh, but I like it so far because the three episodes, so they've done two on Earth and one in space somewhere. And I'm hoping they do some more stuff not on Earth. Uh, just because that gets tiresome to me. It's like, you've, you've got Doctor Who in a time machine 
and you can go anywhere and do anything, but hey, let's let's plock them on Earth. Yeah. Well, structurally, the new Who has has done the same basic thing for the first three episodes um, with each new showrunner. Like the first episode is, hey, let's get to know the com- the new companions, and then here comes the Doctor. Yeah. And then the second episode, they go off into some kind of sci-fi adventure. And then the third episode is a historical piece. Yeah. And so far, this one Ooh. is sticking very closely to that pattern. It did. It does hue to it very well. So uh, yeah. we'll see. But uh, but I just will will end by saying that Jodie Whittaker so far has the makings of one of the best doctors, uh, which I didn't expect because I don't know her work. I haven't seen her in anything else. Uh, so it's oh, kind of interesting. You didn't see, see Broadchurch. I still haven't seen Broadchurch. Uh, that's on my queue somewhere, and I've just never gone to it. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. She plays a very different character in Broadchurch. Oh, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure. Um, and so does David Tennant, for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. I'd recommend watch the UK version. Don't bother with whatever that US. Who's she, who's she in Broadchurch? She's the mother of the kid who dies. Oh, dude. Oh. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, I thought it was yeah. the other cop. I was like, no. Mm. Okay. I'll, all right. No, well, yeah, eventually I'll get there. Um, so, yeah. So, kind of looking forward to how the season's going to play out and then find it. Because the, when you watch these things, they take a while to get their legs and find a rhythm. And so, I'm kind of waiting for that. I think that was one, one complaint I have with the Capaldi years is that it never truly found a rhythm. Uh, they just didn't really know what to do after Matt Smith is what my feeling is. Yeah. And they kind of just floundered around. I I remember feeling like kind of pissed off that there was a, almost a whole episode dedicated to Clara, not liking the doctor the same way anymore. Cause you're just so old. I'm like, (laughs) really? (laughs) That's what this one's about. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's one of the things that's nice about the new iteration is, I mean, and they kind of did this with Bill, too, but they've just completely dispensed with that whole sexual tension between the Doctor and Companions that has plagued New Who ever since it returned yeah. Yeah. in 2005. Yeah. And I, I complained about this a while back, because uh, before Capaldi hit, I had a large gap in seasons, so went back and watched from Eccleston's first one all the way up to mm-hmm. uh, Capaldi, and uh, I got so sick of all the mooniness, the teenage moony pie faces. I love the doctor. I love him so much. It's like, come on, just fucking come yeah, on. When they, when they got rid of Rose, they should have dropped that whole thing. Yeah. Like it was interesting with Rose Tyler, but then having Martha, uh, pining for him was, yeah. was, annoying. there was too much pininess. So that's, mm. that's my complaint. So, I mean, but this, this in and of itself, we, we can do a whole show, uh, bar none. Uh, about. You know, the sixth doctor was really interesting because that guy's take was he's going to make the doctor really obnoxious and unpleasant. Yep. And <laughs> yeah, as as someone who is also obnoxious and unpleasant, I agree with that choice. Was that the guy with the fro? Like the yeah. blonde fro? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I know he's he's sort of the, yeah. Rainbow by far collar. the ugliest outfit. Yeah. 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 The, the and they doctor and the technical canceled the show over him. They, uh, uh, they, they like, they gave him, uh, you know, a season, but he only had a couple of episodes and then they gave him a real season and they were like, we really don't like him. And then they just regenerated him <laughs> and he's the only doctor that didn't 
show up for the regeneration sequence because he didn't know he got fired. <laughs> just, Bam. Next thing you know, it's that clowny guy. All right. Well, that's, yeah, that's all I got. I think we should do a whole show on Doctor Who. Let's put it on the book. Yeah. Okay, so what's this episode about? <laughs> that was the good. That was a good bump segue. Uh, this is our fourth and final segment on uh, the film themes from the 80s by one Mr. Wait, Kenny Loggins. Final? How is yeah. this? Surely there are more. Uh, I dare you to find any more, but we've decided that we're not going to do Caddyshack 2 because that rolled into our Caddyshack episode. Uh, oh, and so it's, it's the same song. And it's the... Well, ah. yeah. So we yeah. did... I we, didn't know that... I, I guess I didn't know the caveat was always 80s logins. I was like, I figured at some point we'd go into the post-login... Uh, well, I'm, I'm game canon. if you are, but uh, I really couldn't find anything much yeah uh, the tigger I just, movie i just right i just want to say that mm-hmm. so that i can say this is the last one for now until he graces <laughs> us with another hit oh you pulled a flash gordon ending you dick nice uh down 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 so but to, to roll it out so we did the first show of this ilk on uh, over the top the sylvester stallone arm wrestling movie uh with the big hit uh when it was it whenever i call you friend I don't know what it fucking is now. It was so forgettable. Over the top! <laughs> yeah. He's over the top! <laughs> that, was, that was right before... That's uh, where this top ends, and he went over <laughs> it! Uh, that was right before Brian joined us. Uh, so it was just me and Eric unfettered. And I think we got into some really dark territory about uh, child abuse or something. Because it's a really just awful movie. Uh, don't watch it. Uh, and then... We did Top Gun, which I think was one of our stronger episodes because we had a lot of fun with that one. Because <laughs> how, how can you not? Because you get Danger Zone, and then you also get <laughs> playing, playing with, with the boys. Playing with the boys. Oh my god. So that's a that's a weird carryover that I want to bring up here for Footloose as well. Uh, that particular dynamic, uh, and then we did Caddyshack uh, several months ago, which you guys don't like, and I do, and so it was very uh, interesting to say the least. Yeah, and I remember liking I wanna say it too. It's all right, but I don't mean it. So yeah, so so for Caddyshack, it was I'm Alright, it was the big hit. Uh, and then now we come to uh, 1984's classic, Footloose, starring Mr. Kevin, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Um, in, in his star-turning role. It really was. I mean, he had debuted yeah. in Animal House uh, in 78, and he was the thank you, sir, might have another uh, Delta. But nobody remembered or, it. Or whatever it was. Uh, but yeah, this one... Came along the pike and uh, made him a star. How do we feel about that? In, indifferent, I I'm guessing. I have avoided this movie <laughs> Me for too. 24 years. 34 years. <laughs> 34 fucking years. Yeah, and me I too. had to watch Footloose because of this podcast. <laughs> me ah! too. I was not prepared. <laughs> Here's All right, we can get into our takeaways as we go. Um, but just to lay some of the, uh, the, the stuff down. So it was released in February of 1984. Uh, it was the number seven film for that year. 
uh, made like $80 million on a, like an $8 million budget, which is just stunning. Uh, it was the number one film for first three weeks that it opened. Uh, it stayed in the top 10 through early June of that year. So that's all what's like five months. Back when movies would stay in the theaters that long. Yeah. Uh, It got two Academy Award nominations, uh, both for the song Footloose and Let's Hear It for the Boy. But it lost out to I Just Called to Say I Love You by Stevie Wonder. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, that kind of sets the stage. The guy that wrote the screenplay also did uh, fame is what I found. He wrote uh, I Sing the Body Electric, if you know I that song. I am Jack's complete lack of surprise. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. So, he had, he had like nine songs that he basically slapped into his screenplay and shopped around and finally got interest. And, uh, and then just a little bit of a tidbit. Uh, they hired Herbert Ross, who had made his hay doing a lot of late 70s uh, Neil Simon movies like California Sweet and Goodbye Girl and stuff like that. And then mm. he got this, and then, I don't know, something fell through on the deal. And then at one time, uh, briefly, Michael Cimino was attached to direct <laughs> Footloose. Oh, man! <laughs> so, oh, my God. So, yeah, Deer dude, Hunter. Dude, uh, we all got to, like, move to Austin and make that film. <laughs> Michael Cimino's Footloose. So, yeah, Deer Hunter, Heaven's Gate, uh Definitely not a guy I would have expected to do Footloose. Uh, but yeah. apparently he made... Four hours long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there would have been blood and gore everywhere. He made yeah. it. He made a bunch of weird demands, I guess, and then uh, ended up asking for an additional quarter million dollars for his work. And then they said, oh, bye-bye. So they hired Herbert I Ross. He, yeah, I don't think he wanted to do it. Yeah. According, according to Wikipedia, at one point, Tom Cruise and Rob Lowe were each attached to be the, the star of this movie. Yeah. It's uh, kind of weird. Uh, I mean, Tom Cruise was still playing high school kids in 84. Yeah. Well, this is the thing is that Tom Cruise didn't do it because he was uh, stuck filming All the Right Moves, which is that really mm. dour football movie set in Pennsylvania with Leah Thompson. Yeah. Uh, not, which is basically this, only without the whole dancing thing. Yeah, it's with football instead of dancing right. uh, and music and fun. Uh, you didn't quit, you quit. <laughs> and then... Uh, at one point, I think Bacon was up for both this and Christine, and mm. someone talked him out of doing Christine because they said this Footloose would make him a bigger star. I think that was a good call. And they were right. I yeah, think that was a good call. star in Christine? Uh, uh-huh. Nobody. The car. That guy. That's who. That guy. That, guy <laughs> that one guy. Was in Christine. Yeah. Was in Christine. <laughs> the guy who, yeah, we're going to do what? Back to school? That guy. Yeah. Oh my God, him. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's got some weird cast. And then I guess the, the, the cast is just odd. Let's get with the cast first. Laurie Singer plays the Reverend's daughter, the really crazy psychopath. Also, also a favorite from Fame. Yeah. So another carryover there. Uh, but before they gave it to her, apparently uh, Madonna auditioned. Daryl Hannah turned it down so she could do Splash. Elizabeth Montgomery turn it down or McGovern. 
McGovern. T- to do Once Upon a Time in America. And then if you read the list from Wikipedia, it's like Melanie Griffith, yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer, <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah. Rosanna Arquette, Meg Dilly, Julia Reese-Dreyfus, Heather Locklear, Meg Ryan, Jennifer Jason Lee, Jodie Foster, Phoebe Cates, Tatum O'Neill, blah, 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 blah. It's like, what the... So and nobody wanted to play this thankless role <laughs> yeah. of Ariel who wants to be where the people are. Oh. I want to see want to see them dancing. As uh as her friend told her, she like, you probably memorized the bus schedules out of here. That's like that's how small town it is. Uh and then let's not forget that Jennifer uh Sarah Jessica Parker plays the the buddy in a mm-hmm. Carrie, oh, in a Carrie wow. Bradshaw sort of role. Rusty is her name. Uh, she's the, the girlfriend of Chris Penn's character, who's the best buddy. Uh, and Chris Penn, we all know from Reservoir Dogs. Mm-hmm. Stop putting that gun at my dad! I love him in that. <laughs> yeah, I and he's, he's the, totally... The guy his, you shot just, just went to jail for a bunch of shit, and he did not talk. <laughs> and now you're going to say, out of the fucking blue! Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, he, he's got a lot of that in this in this film. Oh. And then John Lithgow is the preacher who basically runs the entire town. Yeah. And gets them to change the laws and outlaw dancing because his kid got killed in killed. a car accident on a bridge because Which, Satan's devil music, rock and roll, like apparently and dancing this, yeah. and this and is it's based, based on, on actual stuff. Yeah. Like a, like a, a town in Oklahoma apparently had some lo- law like this on the books. So he decided yeah. to, to make a movie. And then uh, yeah, I'm Diane- watching this movie. I'm watching this movie, and I'm like, it's 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 like a West Coast LA condescending portrayal of a small town America, right? Like it, yeah. It, and then of course it, it really feels that really way. Happens. And then you read based <laughs> yeah. on actual events, and I'm like, oh, oh. god, oh god. And yeah. then uh, and then around out the cast is uh, Diane Weist as the mom, and uh, this is the only note that I have for this. Like she starts in the movie. And then at one point, I kind of lost track of what was going on. And then I looked at my watch and I thought, it's 44 minutes into this movie. Where the hell has Diane Weist been? She just disappeared. And then like nine minutes later, 10 minutes later, she shows up again. <laughs> I was like, oh, there she is. Uh, she was just gone. And then her whole purpose. congregation up so high, they have to look <laughs> down to see heaven. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. So, ah, oh, uh a very oddball cast and bit of trivia uh diane weist was only nine years older than laurie singer uh and lithgow was only 12 years older than laurie singer at the time of filming and they play her parents huh yeah this is one of those movies where everybody in high school is in their 30s right yeah yeah Yeah. and diane weist uh well yeah that's the thing it's not that she looks too young to be a mom it's that yeah, everyone in high school is too old. But I, I thought it was an interesting thing that this film, it, it, the stakes are super low. You know, it's just just a lot of uh, shit talking and dancing. And yeah. then Diane Weist, who I always want to say her name, Diane Weist, I think because her last name is pronounced so odd. Uh, she just she just says like a couple words to John Lithgow, and he goes, "Meh, you're right. Yeah. Never mind, everybody." You know, well, it's like. That, 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 they sewed that up fast. Yes. Yeah, well, and structurally. party. And then well, I'm yeah. supposed to be really mad at the jock who wants to kill, kick 
Kevin Bacon's ass. It's like yeah. he didn't get the memo. He didn't well, realize that all this stuff is going to be resolved very quickly. Well, here, I will, I will just read you the beginning of uh, Roger Ebert's review from 1984, because it really gets to the heart of it for me. Uh, he says, it's a seriously confused movie that tries to do three things, and, he, and it does them all badly. Uh, mm. It wants to tell the story of a, t- a town in conflict. It wants to introduce some flashy teenage characters. And then part of the time, it wants to be a music video, too. And that pretty much is an encapsulation of Footloose. Uh, mm. I didn't really know. I'd never seen it. But at the same time, I have seen it. Because it was on MTV all over the, the place in 1984. Because there were like like seven top 40 hits from the soundtrack. So it was just on heavy rotation. Uh, but the jarring thing to me was that in the, the movie video or the music video for Footloose by Kenny Loggins, it's the dance sequence in the warehouse. But when you get to the movie version, it's a totally different song that does not have any energy at all. And it's like, why the fuck is this guy dancing to this song? Never, 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 ever, 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 never, never, ever, ever. Those are literally the lyrics to the song. And he's like, I thought it was a Frank Stallone song. (laughs) Exactly. So I was sort of uh, confused by a lot of the musical choices that they presented to us in this thing. Well, I mean, music. Okay, so first of all, this this movie reminded me of the song "Dancing in the Sheets," everybody, which Ooh, by Shalimar is right up my alley when it comes to reminding everybody how not everything survives nostalgia. <laughs> it's not that all the music in the '80s was better; it's that you don't hear "Dancing in the Sheets" anymore. I'm convinced. I'm convinced everything is awful. It's just being young is great. Well, I love the well, fact that that, that, that that was the uh, the song that they all started with in the movie, where they're all at the the drive-in, like Al's Diner or whatever, and they're all dancing to this, like it's just the greatest <laughs> thing ever. Uh, that Seen by the right way, out of American Graffiti. <laughs> yeah, that peaked at number seventeen, by the way. Uh, for the year, Ugh. so just put that they, in your pipe and smoke it. They got a ton of mileage out of out of Quiet Riot's "Bang Your Head." Yeah. Movie, well, I, I, I think I think I wrote when I was watching it in my notes. I'm like, oh, he's driving up to school in his <laughs> his beat up VW Bug, listening to "Bang Your Head." That's what makes him rock and roll, and that's yeah. why the kids think he's cool. Uh, and then he okay, proceeds to do a bunch of stuff the- that's not. Kevin Bacon is kind of a dick in this movie, right? I'm, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, oh, I forgot he's to. Not s- very. He's such a dick. I forgot. Yeah. Uh, Eric will probably not the- remember this. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying you probably won't remember this because uh, you didn't watch it as we did uh, to refresh yourself. But his character's name is Ren McCormick. <laughs> yeah. So no, understand. I had a sister, and so this thing was on all of the fucking time. I have oh, like way too close a connection to this film. I, I, I really, you know, I, I've missed nothing by not refreshing and, myself. And you had the time of your life. Oh wait, that was the other movie that your sister. Yeah. Made. Well, this is too. This yeah. is uh, this is what weirded me out too. Is uh, some of the songs I thought were in this movie that weren't, like that one. Uh, and then when they're doing the the world's slowest goddamn tractor chicken. 
chase scene. <laughs> this is the other scene I really think. <laughs> so it's like literally like, oh, we're going to drive at each other with these tractors. And the first one that flinches loses. And it literally is like five minutes five of them driving. an hour. <laughs> it's like, I don't know yeah. if you've ever seen... Uh, I remember the scene from Austin Powers, but when he's in the uh, <laughs> when he's in the cart inside uh, <laughs> Doctor Evil's lair, and then he yeah. like running out of gas, and he's in like the slow mo, and he's running towards the the guard. No, no, it made we me need think a of hero. that scene. <laughs> Come on up on the hill, it made me think. It made me think of that moment in Deadpool. When he's, you're going to get killed by a Zamboni, eventually. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it, <laughs> it is. It made me think of the, the chase scene in Space Mutiny, uh, which was basically, no, that was faster paced, actually, than the chicken scene. Nice. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, a weird way to ratchet up tension without having any tension at all. But, but it's, we need a hero, like... <laughs> What the hero's gonna do? What drive a tractor into you? Yeah. Like, well, here's the deal. I, I could have so sworn. I could have sworn that that was the song from Streets of Fire, which came out that same year. That's how muddled this is in my head. I really didn't know what I was getting into. Have you considered how many uh, movies there are about small small town America in the '80s? That made me think of Vision Quest and um, what was he? Well. Not Streets of Fire, but there were, uh, oh, oh, um, oh, man, the, the other, no, well, that too, sure, but there was, no, it was the one, don't put baby in the corner, yeah, oh, Dirty, Dirty Dancing. Dancing, Dirty Dancing, and, like, the, the, the entire milieu of, uh, um, Swayze, yeah. I mean, don't forget, uh, Mystic Pizza, yeah, it's like a lot of small town in the 80s, and then, sort of a complete rejection of small town like we don't even want to know there is a small town everything is in la yeah. everything is in la after that well i like well, the fact Eric, you you know you're in a small town because they've banned the the slaughterhouse five <laughs> yeah, that was the best yeah. conversation they're talking about tom sawyer and then how slaughterhouse five is just filth uh yeah like, hey wasn't a- the sheriff uh uh the guy from babe no Am I, do i have that wrong no. in my head i see yeah, oh, I oh that must have been tank okay that was yes. small town yeah, movie. you're yeah, They're you're thinking kind of, t- of the same. That was also from 1984. Yeah. That's a that's yeah. a deep cut, Eric. That's a good call. I do believe I've got you covered. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, the the mom, Ren's mom, Stampy, you idiot. That's all I can think of whenever I think of his name. Uh, <laughs> but the the woman who played his mom uh, was also uh, she was the mom in Gremlins that same year. That's so, where. Oh, I, I, I thought you would that. totally peg that one, Brian, because Gremlins I, is your favorite I'm movie. I'm embarrassed. Ever. Yeah, I I'm quite embarrassed. I didn't and then a, a year later, that. she would play the she would play Leah Thompson's mom in Back to the Future. She had a good uh, good mom thing rolling. So <laughs> there you go. But uh, so yeah, I don't the, have much the, to say about Footloose though. Like I, we, it's. I think yeah. It's I think so at one. Dumb. I think at one point yeah. They do uh, like they, they they show that he's on the gymnastics team, which I guess explains why he knows how to dance. But That's they why never he knows how to do gymnastics routines yeah, in the but they in the factory. Yeah, but they never show him with any other team members. And then when he gets blamed for some ruckus and gets cut from the team, all I could think of was, oh, that's the whole gymnastics team. 
<laughs> I mean, it's like what what small town has a gymnastics team? So there's that. Uh, then they do the the bit with him teaching Chris Penn how to dance, which is just unbearable to watch. Yeah. And what makes it unbearable even more, and this ties into the weird latency thing with Top Gun with the volleyball scene. It's it's just these two guys dancing to the song let's hear it for the boy yeah. and it's just so incongruous i mean they literally start with them in a car and the lyrics kick up and the first lines are my baby he don't talk sweet he ain't got much to say and then they go into the 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 dancing thing and it plays throughout the whole thing and i guess they were thinking well let's let's hear it for the boy yeah let's hear it for the boy but the whole thing if you read the lyrics it's a fucking love song it's so or weird they're just put loose and fancy <laughs> It's just so Do you ever strange. think maybe this is an 80s... I mean, just just, just there's a, a subplot going on of him bringing, uh, um, I don't know, a, a, a sexual awareness to this town. Not rock and roll. I mean, he's teaching Chris Penn to be <laughs> gay. Bubblegum because to this town. Is, you know? Well, he's I teach, mean... Yeah. Well, he's, he's already teaching, you know, everybody to just sort of like, you know, let their genitals out. It doesn't really matter what music is playing. Well, it's already been set, uh, set up that he, that Chris Penn is fairly gullible and hayseed because they have the whole talk in the car, like an Abbott Costello routine. You know, he's like, uh, you know, do you like men at work? Uh huh. What men, men at what work? What do they do? <laughs> he's like, no, men at work. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, you never heard oh, of men at work? What about the police? Yeah. Oh, they're, they're behind you. What? Yeah. And it's like, wah, wah. And that's where you get Eric's favorite bit with the, the driver's license flick under the chin from the cop. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is repeated in the sequel. <laughs> oh, God. I didn't or even the reboot. I, I guess it's not far. a sequel. It's the reboot. Yeah. Which is what you bring it because I, I watched, there's a, clip on youtube where you can watch the dance the final dance sequence where they play them both mm-hmm. back to back uh that's the only part of the remake and, i watched was that yeah and it's and i didn't think that you could uh have trouble improving on footloose but they just don't know what the fuck they're doing in that new one do they it's mm-hmm. just so dead inside it's like i couldn't figure it so out same well with, you know same country with the dirty music dancing and break reboot. dancing goes yeah. together so well right uh, yeah uh, yeah. I guess, but I like that that you get a a bunch of different things. So you get them fighting the the bullies and enlightening people in that realm. He's like, yeah, kicking ass, and then he gets the girl, and then he gets to do public speaking in the town council to convince them so that they could have a a dance. Because uh, because look, the word dance appears in the Bible in a couple of places. <laughs> <Yeah>. Therefore. <laughs> It's yeah. wholesome, and we should dance. You know, and that's our primary conflict. You know what else it says in the Bible? It says, "It says the cock crowed three times." See, cock. It's right there in the Bible. <laughs> so we should get some more cock. Well, I love that this all. Ha- it's like they give Lithgow's character quite the the arc because he starts out just very fire and brimstone and. Uh, the kids got to be saved from themselves, blah, blah. And then the next thing you know, for some inexplicable reason, he's def- trying to stop the town from burning books. <laughs> Just all like, boom, in a heartbeat. It's like, whoa, whoa, zero to 60. Where did this come from? And then, uh, and then suddenly he has a change of heart, and then he's letting the kids have their dance. And that's pretty much I keep footloose. I thinking, if they had just 
Well, I mean, they, they needed to pick a lane, basically. If they wanted a musical, they should have made like an all-out musical. If they wanted a exactly. political treatise on censorship, mm-hmm. they should have removed the music. And then they could have had like a really seriously fucking dark movie. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine if this had actually been about, um, you know, basically small town America Nazis? I mean, My, it works. Michael Cimino's Footloose. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it would have been. God damn. So I want to say something about about this this topic. So you've got these people who have been saying, and in the real world have been saying, hey, sex and drugs and rock and rolls is loose morals and it's corrupting youth and it's making them, you know, they're gonna gonna get into depravity at younger and younger age. Those people are not wrong. Okay, this is objectively like a measurable thing. It's just that nobody cares and they think that those people are all you know have sticks up their ass. Yeah. But but let's be honest, they've always had a point. We just don't care. What is the point? <laughs> yeah, what is that? The point? I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. Sex and drugs that. and rock and roll are going to lead to looser morals and wilder kids and people doing shit that the older generation didn't think they ought to do and it's that's true. That's is been that, happening for generations now. Yeah, but is that correlation and? or causation? Come on. I mean, be be honest. I think people who are like you know, into sex, drugs, and rock and roll as a pastime, they're no, already fair. kind of that's finished. Fair. Every generation <laughs> yeah. has just become more and more, like, amoral as as we've gone along. And that just happens to be what they dig. Yeah, I could. I, I think I'm with you on that. I'm with you. Yeah. Well, all I can say is I thought this was so supposed to be a party. Let's dance. <laughs> it's like the best and way to start. Throw glitter in my hair. Somebody <laughs> magically throw glitter in my hair. The best part about that whole sequence too is that it's right after the 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 fight, like their Karate Kid moment. That's all I could think of. But when I was watching, so I'm like, this is kind of like Karate Kid, but without karate. It's just dancing. Yeah. And then they had like the big fight. It was karate and the Karate Kid. Wait. Well, no, but but well, then you get the big fight and Kevin Bacon's like flipping around doing his gymnastic stuff, and I'm like, oh, this is like a year before Jim Cotta. I wonder if the makers of Jim Cotta saw this and thought, there's a movie we got right there. I mean, it's just weird. Like pommel horse kicks and all kinds of shit, but so they, they beat up. Was the, badass. It was. Uh, it half, was half right. <laughs> and for, so for for a, for a long time, I thought it was a dream I had, and then I saw it again. Oh no! Like, oh my god, it's real! I had the poster on my wall for at least a year. <laughs> so, but then they, so then they get to the dance, and then yeah, it's like all of a sudden it turns into just the prolonged music video extended mix. But the, like they put like the weird filter on the lens, so it's like balloons on the edges and then they're like go like dolly in and dolly out and like add a bunch of kinetic energy to it uh there's a kid break dancing at one point which yeah, i thought popping and breaking in small town <laughs> which i thought man fuck wherever they are i like break dancing i mean this is this is 1984 all right I mean, it was just very weird. Uh, I'm reminded of the the seventh grade talent show where there were like competing breakdancing groups and it at our middle school in in Arizona. And I I just remember like one group called themselves the Explosions and they came on and threw a bunch of like snap caps onto the stage before they came on the stage. Nice. I think Eric's review was the Explosions need to be blown up. That was my record. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, all I like is like when you cut to the beginning of the dance, and it's like every awkward high school, middle school dance uh, ever, where everybody's sort of just hanging around the edges, and they're playing the 
the love song Almost Paradise uh, which is was it Ann Wilson from Heart and the guy from Loverboy uh, mm-hmm. singing it and hey how could you ask for more really? <laughs> and that just that threw me back because that literally was every dance I ever attended from like 1984 yeah. till about 86 that song showed up somewhere and uh, yeah. all I could think watching it uh, was okay you're you're playing a song and a, a dance first of all I said why put on a dance and not dance it seems like that's the whole point of this movie uh, and then I started drifting and I thought yeah this song really does kind of suck and then <laughs> I kind of I kind of lost track of what was going on until Kevin Bacon runs in and says let's dance I always thought like boy you're you're really trying to hit the ground running they haven't been allowed to dance for however long and now you're going to yeah. have uh, dance. Why don't you? Why don't you build up to that? Well, I and mean, then, maybe teach some people to dance. Well, and then they're like doing like line dancing choreography, and mm-hmm. the whole nine yards. And then that kind of takes me out of it too, because then I, and like I had your your same thought. I'm like, if you're gonna make it a musical, then make it a musical. That would have been you kind might as of well maybe have gone fun. The Actu- full grease with that, yeah, right? Yeah, just done exactly. go together and have them drive off into the clouds and grease. <laughs> exactly. And well, exactly. Like, a full musical would have actually given an excuse for them all to know how to dance. But now that you say that, what should have happened is let's dance, and then everybody gets on the dance floor and they dance completely bonkers because they don't know how, and so it's just like <laughs> robot oh. chicken and RoboCop and the, the electric slide and like all sorts of stuff once you've just described uh, as attack guy from the devo video yeah and, yeah you you've described every move that chris penn did in the last scene of footloose because he didn't know how to dance yeah, uh, they that's all amazing been doing that it's except for you know the preacher's daughter because she learned on her own how to dance because she's a whore <laughs> uh, but otherwise <laughs> oh my god well, so, all I can think of was at the end of the movie, I'm like, my first thought was, well, did they really, really cut Footloose? Are they being rhetorical? I mean, it just, I, I honestly <laughs> did not care by, by the end. I didn't care. I really didn't care. By uh, what measure do you measure the, the footlessness of the Footloose? Well, I mean, if you look at the lyrics of the song, I mean, they're, they're telling you everybody cut. Everybody cut Footloose. And uh, it just, I, and then they're calling out people by name, you know, ooh Marie, uh, blah blah, Jack get back, uh, oh Milo. I mean, it's like, who are these people? They don't name it. I don't know who these people are. It's just so stupid. I know. But Probably they cut some rug, whoever they yeah. are. Well, I never do the lyrics until uh, I heard the Blake Shelton version from the new one, where he's actually enunciating, unlike Kenny Loggins. Uh, and when you hear the actual l- lyrics of the song, it's like it's the it's it's just dumb. It's like this had no business being number one for so long and being the biggest hit of Kenny Loggins' career. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. It just doesn't need to be there. Yeah. So we're this, kind of at the point we've reached the end of the movie. Do we have like any final thoughts on Footloose? Oh, can can uh, it just end? Can we just end it? I mean, not the show. Uh, can we can we stop it with the Footloose idea that at some point this was good? What the movie? 
Or the, sh- or yeah. the show we're doing now. I, it was, no, no, no. The movie, everyone <laughs> okay. talks about Footloose like it's a classic. It's not. It's no, awful. It's, it's a Broadway and, show now. They, they yeah. do this thing. It's been a Broadway yeah. show for 20 years, which is nuts. And I, uh, and I, I saw see it. I saw a clip that actually made it onto Glee at one point, right? Derek, you can back me up on this. It's just yeah, and then and then the other thing that it, that it brought to mind because this is probably the most indelible memory I have related to Footloose uh, is the the same year ish uh, Saturday Night Live did a skit that I can't you can't find it anywhere to see the video because it's not good it's not funny but at the age mm-hmm. of thirteen it just it just stuck with me but it is uh, them doing their version of Footloose called Footless. And I can still remember the chorus to this day. It's footless, shoeless, sockless, bootless. And it just, that's what footloose is to me. And I think that's why. Because in the town, they didn't want the kids dancing. And so everyone in the town, they cut off their feet. (laughs) Basically. Everybody cut everybody's feet off. Everybody cut foot. And then Kevin Bacon says, no, you guys, you should try dancing. Let's dance. And then all these people who are wearing like sockless pajamas, like pajama sock pants, you know, they (laughs) get pulled onto the floor and they fall over because they don't have feet. Yeah, you're not selling it. It's not very good, it's, but that that is what I remember more than the movie. It, it would be yeah, more know, entertaining than it, Footloose. Talking it doesn't work because it doesn't have that Tim Kazarinsky magic. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that was a really bad, bad cast year. That was post-Murphy. I think that was after yeah. Chris Guest and all those people left, so they didn't really know what the fuck yeah. they were doing. Yeah. That was like a, ooh, ooh, a desert. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I don't really have anything... To add, I mean, I like you, Brian, I had gone 35 years without ever seeing it, and then now that I've seen it, uh, I feel like I have always seen it. Does that make sense? And now my life is one hour and 47 minutes shorter. Yeah. Well, everybody. <laughs> everybody. Everybody cut everybody something. Cut, cut, cut. Just, just cut. <laughs> and I think Weird Al should just take us out. Now I gotta cut loose. Footloose, kick off the Sunday shoes, please, Louise, pull me off of my knees.